something happening here but what it is ain't exactly clear all right guys welcome to the young <laughs> let me start over again oh my god i'm so tired okay welcome uh to the crazy pills podcast and what we're going to talk about today is that the end is near okay and what i mean by that it's not some doom and gloom though it could be scary um I believe in the cryptocurrency market, real estate market, and the stock market. All three of those are about to crash at the same time. We're at least pretty close to each other. Okay, so let's actually start out with cryptocurrency because that's the one I talk about the most. That's the one I put the most amount of time in. Uh, cryptocurrency, in my opinion, two to six months, at most six months, probably closer to two and can be either less and uh, even less than that. Okay. And then, uh, uh, the real estate market. So just got to give you guys an idea. Um, the housing market, the last time it crashed, right? The 07, 08 crash, uh, average price across America, as far as uh, real estate drop from the top of the hot, top of that market was about 33%. And it took on average about six years for the price to reach the all-time high again. Okay. Um, if you guys study the Japanese economy, so they had a very bad crash in the early nineties, uh, real estate there actually the price dropped close to 90%. It sounds ridiculous. Yes. 90%. And, uh, we're going on about 30 years now and the Japanese economy actually never recovered. So from a GDP and growth standpoint, and their real estate actually never recovered. Okay. And then, uh, with the stock market in the stock markets, it's, it's actually probably the easiest one to get a, a handle on. Right. Um, traditionally when you own stocks, it's shares of a company. Okay. So the earning, um, one, one number that you could just take, or you could look at forward forward P and P over E. So price over earning ratio. And you can actually see historically what it has been in say like the automobile industry or the tech industry or, or, um, pharmaceuticals, right? You can see historically what it has been and then what it is at now. And, uh, I haven't looked at it. Actually, I don't think since this year, maybe it was late last year, but even late last year when I looked at uh, Tesla, right? I think the four PNE for the automobile industry was like five or something. And, uh, Tesla at the time was like 80. Okay. So you can get an idea. Uh, there's indicators to gauge what the price should be. And then what's actually going on with the stock price, right? So all of those three, all three of those are in a bubble. Um, <laughs> funny enough, you know, I don't think my sister watches the podcast or listens to us. So I can talk about it. Oh, and by the way, uh, if you're actually listening to this, this is one I would highly recommend you actually watch on YouTube because I'm going to have some charts I put in there. Uh, this one will be a little bit more extensive where I talk about, I actually still think there's a huge opportunity to make money. It's just, you just gotta know, you missed out on a portion of it, a huge portion of it, but you're actually gonna get in, if you get into today, which is what, like April 18th or something, where you're actually gonna be able to get in right before the last wave where the prices start going parabolic and then the reward versus risk chart starts flipping over where it gets riskier and riskier and riskier. And then the next wave of people that get in after this wave, I think are they going to be the people that really get screwed. And unfortunately, 
when it comes to the anatomy of a bubble, most people actually get in right during that last wave. Okay, so if you're not sure and you're just not gonna get in, fine, don't do it. But if you actually are considering it, this is it. Okay, the next phase, which I'll go over a little bit later on in crypto, if you get into it in that next phase, uh, you're statistically going to be the people that go in and uh, the term that they use in crypto is you're gonna get wrecked, okay? Uh, actually, my uh, business partner, C, was just telling me a story today. So he says, like, in 10 years, he hasn't really been concerned about the real estate market. But recently, uh, so one of my, my, my best buddies that I actually uh, linked him up with, Steve, to, to purchase a home. And it was like a four or $450,000 house. My buddy went in $50,000 over the listing price, waived inspections, and waived, uh, waived appraisals, and um, got and was only the fourth best offer. Right. Or uh, another one that Steve was telling me about today was I think it was like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar home, right? That he was helping sell, and then someone actually came in at the end, um, uh, offered, I think the listing price, but then offered to pay twenty grand cash on top of it, and also waive all these things, right? Just to get it. and like it's 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 starting to get absurd when someone is willing to pay almost ten percent of the value of the property in cash just to be able to get it right so you can see right now you call it a seller's market i call it a bubble building up okay uh i was too young for the dot-com bubble i remember you know like all these sites whatever hey internet that's a new thing right but i was old enough to remember <laughs> i am old enough to remember the housing crisis that happened in 2007 and i remember even as like a, a very young adult always hearing people talking about houses and how it's a great investment and how like in the last uh, year uh, the value of their house has gone up like eighty thousand dollars and like you know they could sell like, like all that stuff so it, a lot of this actually seems very very familiar okay now what's different with this one right if you go watch the big short the movie the big short actually do i think they do a phenomenal job of kind of painting just how corrupt um this whole financial system is and how like you just got these essentially like assholes who are just making money as the middleman selling people bullshit and then essentially creating the problem right and then after the problem becomes so bad and then they're failing right they're buddies buddy buddy buddies with the congress the federal reserve you know wall street banks essentially and then they go and get bailed out right and just does a phenomenal job of painting that so you want to get a feel of what happened but it was subprime mortgages that was the focus um in the 2007 housing crisis. So basically what they were doing were, you know, they, uh, banks were essentially giving out loans and they were just waiving any kind of uh, standard, you know, anyone could get a loan, right? And then <clears throat> they were packaging these shitty loans with some good loans, right? And then calling it something else and then essentially selling those loans to other people as an investment vehicle, right? Like. Hey, you know what? You could buy this bond, which is not bond. You can buy. You could buy this. Uh, I don't think it was a mutual fund. Might have been probably a, more like a, a ETF exchange uh, transfer fund. You could buy this fund, which is made up of the uh, all of these uh, mortgages, right? And houses keep going up, so that means like the price of like this loan, you know, it's guaranteed. It's going to be good. And people were buying these investment vehicles, you know, thinking they were investing in their future. And then when it popped, 
uh, it wasn't just the housing crisis, even though that's where it started, right? But a lot of people's portfolios just got wrecked. And you can see what it did to the world's economy. It took a long time to recover, okay? Um, if, you follow, if you actually like follow uh, one guy I really like, his name is Jim Rickards. And um, uh, probably the best book or first book to read from him is, I think it's Aftermath, but he just, all of his books are great, right? He kind of actually does a really good job of like laying out what happened. And also um, the first book I read, I think, I think it was Aftermath. It was written like 2015. He actually predicted what was gonna happen in the future. Right? So I read this last year, five years later, and his predictions were actually coming true. It's kind of crazy. Okay, so let's actually get back into the crypto market. Okay, there's a short amount of time left. Um, and it kind of the, a similar story with Steve where he's like concerned. My sister, for the first time, actually messaged me last week and was like, hey, I'm kind of interested in crypto. If I got in, uh, how much money do you think I can make? I'm like, oh, shit, you know, like, shit. <laughs> like, if, when my sister is actually interested in thinking about getting in, you know, you can see where we're moving through this cycle where, you know, like people, it's exciting because I've been preparing for this. We're not preparing, but just like anticipating like this is where you're going to be able to make the most money, right? But as that happens, the risk also goes up and up and up and uh, it gets scary. Um, and also some of the people recently that I helped get them to crypto, right? They're a little bit more risk averse or they've been waiting on the sidelines watching and all of a sudden like they're willing to get in or there's just people that just come in and just start buying Dogecoin, right? Like, uh, the, the end is coming, okay? It's definitely coming. I don't think there's any way we make it to the next year. Um, you know, I could be wrong. I'm, by the way, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just some asshole who owns a gym. What do I know, right? I'm just a nerd that likes to study. Um, this is almost like a hobby that I take too seriously. And I've done really well, but I am not a financial advisor. Uh, so, if you are thinking about getting into crypto, right not like oh, i'm gonna wait a little bit longer do it now because this is the second last wave and if you wait longer then you're going to be getting into the last wave and then you're most likely going to get screwed if you get in now um i'm pretty confident that you're going to at some point have to have the opportunity to make about four extra money back provided you don't need something just retarded okay doesn't mean you'll actually make four extra money, right? There's gonna be an opportunity, but you have to actually manage your risk, uh, know your exit strategy, uh, and, and, and already figure out, hey, you know, what to look for before the bubble pops, and then how am I gonna level out while there's euphoria, right? You're gonna be making a lot of money, percentages are gonna go up like crazy, and while that's happening, can you actually have the emotional self-control and discipline to actually execute your strategy, okay? It could be like, oh man, it's gonna go, I'm just gonna let it run to the end of the day. It doesn't work like that. It's not like it's gonna go up and it's gonna flatline and people are like, you know, it's gonna be going up and all of a sudden the fun's over and it crashes down, okay? Uh, if you study the anatomy of a bubble, you study what happened in the crypto market in 2017, beginning of 2018, back in 2013, uh, uh, like the stock market, uh, the crash like 1929, I think 1987, obviously 2000, 2001, you know, what happened with the housing market right? There's always going to be the most people FOMOing in and in, people buying houses in 2007, people getting into crypto in a month and a half, uh, people jumping into the stock market in, in 2000, like late 2008. It's like, oh my God, they're splitting stocks, which they split stocks with Tesla, right? And like, oh, it's just, it's just going to keep going up. It doesn't, okay? 
And then never mind the unprecedented uh, money printing by the government. Uh, and then also just uh, recently all the narrative about, um, uh, about cryptocurrency being used for money laundering. It's just their way to justify coming after uh, crypto because if you actually understand crypto, you know that governments hate it, right? Because they can't control it, they can't manipulate it, and it's actually um, decentralizing control of a financial system, um, and that's what the crypto's use case is, and making it a fair market. And governments hate that, okay? If they can actually ban it right now, they would. It's just you gotta be really, really careful because there's already enough of a adoption awareness. If they do it, it could potentially actually piss people off more, and the bubble, and then it can actually blow up in their face. I think that's why they have to try to build this narrative and do all this stuff. But if you actually understand the nature of what crypto is, which um, I'm gonna link it right here. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube video, okay, I made a, almost like a presentation, seminar, whatever you wanna call it, about two months ago. There's three parts. The first part was, hey, look, here's the subconscious, here's energetically, how, like what determines whether you can make money or not. If you don't address that, none of this other stuff matters. So you're literally wired to lose money or not be, not be wealthy or to actually self-sabotage, okay? So you have to actually address what's there in the underlying, you know, think like law of attraction. That's part one. Part two was a quick overview on what's going on right now in the economy, okay? Here's how the economy works. Here's how the central bank works with the US government to actually manipulate the money supply and treat it like monopoly money and then they inf cause inflation to actually in inflate away their um, mistakes, but then it uh, devalues people's purchasing power with the amount they already saved up, but they don't even realize it's a hidden tax. Okay, just the whole mechanism. And then the third part, I talk specifically about crypto. And when I'm talking about crypto, it's here's what crypto is, just so you know, anyone can understand. Here's how to get started. Here's the projects that I'm high on long term. And here's some of the ones that I'm investing in short term. And then like, just like what to do, okay? And then just even that one, it should give you an idea. Uh, so then if you go on the interwebs and you start watching other videos or reading stuff, you know, it, you won't be led all over the place, right? Cause like, you know, obviously I own a gym. I think fitness is the same thing. It's not that we actually have a lack of information. It's that there's so much information. There's some false ones. There's some real ones out there. How do I discern which one's real or not? And even if I can only go with a good real information, uh, depending on my stage of development, <clears throat> there's certain information that's more relevant to me now and then some that I shouldn't read because it will actually just confuse me, right? So like what order do I actually look? And like that's kind of the job of the professional to actually help guide you or learning or, or growing. So you actually are getting information that's appropriate for where you're at, okay? So if you watch that, it's called the Crazy Pill Seminar. If you're on my uh, podcast page, it actually links to it. It, it, it'll help you get started and it's laid out in a way where <clears throat> like basically beginners and newbies can get it, okay? Um, other than that, uh, I'm gonna make this two parts. So in the next part, I'm actually gonna talk about exit strategy. Uh, so when what I'm actually looking for when the bubble pops, my personal strategy, what I plan on doing, where do I think there's opportunity where um, uh, where do I think people maybe will want to go that I think is actually a bad idea? And again, this is just my personal opinion, not a financial advisor, right? But just so get you guys thinking and then uh, 
uh, preparing for like what's coming in the next six months or less, okay? And then I'll just end with this. I mean, don't be lazy, <laughs> watch the video, but in the video that I made uh, two months ago, the Crazy Pill Seminar, I already talked about this, okay? When you're going to FOMO into Bitcoin, so if you're a newbie that you wanna get in on the second to last wave, your emotions are gonna tell you to buy Bitcoin, it's gonna tell you to buy Ethereum, and it's gonna tell you to buy Dogecoin. Don't do any of those three. Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think it'll still go up a little bit. There's just not much upside left in there, okay? And you think about it, if you actually wanna buy those, and you're a newbie that's FOMO in now, like right before it pops, your first instinct is probably not gonna be right, okay? Now, uh, I think I explained more why not to get into it, but just there's not much upside. There's a bunch of other cryptos that have way more upside that you're not gonna do, okay? Now, Dogecoin, it's a meme coin. It's a joke, right? And it's prone to pump and dumps. Go online, type in Dogecoin crypto price. Just look at its price action over the last like three years. And you can see how it kind of goes up, then it comes down, it kind of goes sideways, up, down, and sideways, okay? It literally gets a pump, but uh, it's a meme coin that's not actually being used. It's fun, right? There's a community of people on Reddit that like it uh, because it's still relatively cheap, right? It's like, oh, whatever. What's, what's the point of throwing like 200 bucks into it and having, um, I don't know, 800 or 1,000 Dogecoin? I don't even know what the price is right now, right? Uh, <clears throat> just like if you get in, don't get into Dogecoin. And also, don't buy it on PayPal or Robinhood, okay? PayPal and Robinhood, um, I think for a while, they were actually, you could buy a fund that's pegged to Bitcoin. So basically, they're saying they bought Bitcoin, and then this fund that they have is gonna go up and down with Bitcoin. I think you technically actually own the crypto now on PayPal and Robinhood, and you can actually transfer it into your own wallet, right? That is shady as hell. The whole point of crypto is that you can self-custody. If there's a cryptocurrency, say like Bitcoin, that everyone else can self-custody or store on the exchange, and you can actually move it off of uh, Robinhood or PayPal, you can either buy, hold, let it go up, or you can only sell on that platform there's something really, really shady going on, okay? So don't buy it on PayPal, don't buy it on Robinhood or any other app um, that's not an actual crypto exchange. If you need a crypto exchange, I talked about in the seminar, I would recommend using crypto.com. Uh, and then also don't buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Dogecoin, please. Like honestly, almost like anything else, I'm pretty confident if you buy in and just hold, there will be an opportunity if you're smart with your exit strategy to make a 400% from what you put in now, okay? But if you buy one of those, no, it's not gonna move enough, in my opinion, okay? So that's it, thanks for watching. Uh, in the next part, I'll actually talk about my exit strategy um, for what to look for, signs that I think you should definitely look for before this, uh, the top comes in where everything pops and how when that drops, right, up until this point, everyone Whenever it corrects, it can even be a 30 or 40% correction or think when it dips. I've been telling people to either buy into the dip or just hold. But when the top comes in, you thinking just another dip or a correction, you're gonna hold, then you're gonna, and then it's gonna go up and it's gonna drop even further. And then 
you know, that's when sometimes people hold thinking you're going to hold through it. Sometimes they're going to panic sell. And then when it actually dips and then it starts going up again, like, oh shit, you know, like I'm actually going to buy into a lower price. No buy-in and it drops lower. Okay. Once the top is in, you are not going to be able to swing trade and make money. Well, at least 99% plus of the people for another, um, I think it will actually be shorter than a four year cycle, but I think for like at least another year, uh, eight months to a year, you know, maybe longer because I think we're actually right on the verge of adoption. And then with what the government is doing with the monetary supply, I think that actually accelerated that, but like, it's not something that you're going to actually be able to swing trade out of. Okay. So that you have, you have to look forward to that. Uh, I'll probably put that out in a few days, but, uh, that'll actually be the exit strategy. Okay. So thanks for watching or listening. Uh, and if you are listening, highly recommend you watch because I'm actually going to put charts and stuff into this video. Uh, that will actually help explain a lot of what I'm talking about more. And uh, I will talk to you guys or see you guys next time.